Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe. That's right. I know you can do it. Do it right below Yami Swoot today. Right there, Jamie Sweet. Go ahead and subscribe today. You guys have been doing it a lot in this past week. Keep it going. Go ahead and subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air each and every time out right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Plus, if you can go ahead and like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us, of course, at the Lakers Fast Break. Of course, the great guys at Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and check out Jamie Sweet's Five Things Articles. And also as well, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, Laker Tom's greatest articles. You know there's going to be a hundred more Miles Turner articles coming up in the not-too-distant future, so catch each and every one of them today at Lakerholics.com. Also as well, our good friend Joe Sorrell. You know he's going to be back on Sunday as Ox1947. Go ahead and check out what he's doing today at Lakersball.com. Plus, our good friends at the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. Always want to give them a shout-out. Go ahead, give them some support and love as well, if you could do all that. Plus, if you are in the Southern California area, and I'm doing this for my good friend, go ahead and transform your lawn today at Sinblades, with a Y, Sinblades.com. All if right. If you're in California, it just makes sense. Save, save some water, man. Save some water. Save some water, indeed. Get your lawn transformed today with Sinblades.com. If you don't, if you don't like, you know, native landscaping with like a desert motif type thing, or you know, maybe some chaparral or what have you, you got to go that route. Like it's, it's going to change your life. It will change your life indeed, especially even your Southern California area. So give Joe a shout out there. But for this episode, I wasn't planning on doing anything. I was going to wait until we go ahead and pop on the post game show on Sunday, but. You know, he dragged me right in, he dragged me through it, had to go ahead and start one up, an episode talking about what's going on with the Lakers after two games, there's much to discuss, and oh God, according to Sham Sharania, here he comes, we're saved, it's Mo Harkless, that's right, Mo Harkless, <laughs> <laughs> as speculated, 
by our crew and also myself about, I think I did that over about a week ago where not only I said, yeah. And also our crew out there on the greatest chat room ever at Lakers fast break, you all guys anticipated that Mo Harkless would probably get a ring. And sure enough, he got a tryout with the Lakers and an interview, whether or not he signs with the Lakers, we'll wait and see. He does add a wing, a little bit of wing depth. And he, in the past was able to shoot, up to 40% from the three-point area. But the thing is, he doesn't shoot very much. You can see his career scoring efforts back last year with the Kings. You know, he plays good defense, always been noted a defender, but again, does not shoot very much, even though he can shoot when I've called upon. So hopefully we can get something better than what we've got in the past few days if Mo Harkless joins the Lakers. So we'll wait and see, but... Here today to talk about the game, he dragged me into this episode. It's a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and go and check out his five things articles at Lakerholics.com. It is Yami Sweet. It is Jamie Sweet. And Jamie, great to have you here, my friend. So I thought I'd dedicate this episode to five things. So tell me after one week, technically one week. Okay, it's just a few days, four days, but... Technically, after the first week of the NBA season, your thoughts in five things on the Los Angeles Lakers. So you can go ahead and let us know what's going on with them and your observations so far this season. Well, thank you, Gerald. Thank you very much. Um, great to be the back. The things you do for friends. The things you do for friends. And, you know, I just, I would, I would insert uh, an Al Pacino reference here, but I mean, everybody knows what it would sound like. So, uh, yes. You know, so uh, anyhow, uh, five things on the state of the Lakers two games in. Okay, uh, that's actually pretty easy. I just put out a five things article basically about this because I didn't really have have it in me to do a fiver after the Golden State game. It was just too much of a it's too much of a downer, man. You know, <laughs> that was just not a not the kind of effort you want to see on opening night, and not the kind of effort you want to see from a lot of guys who are you know in their theoretical theoretically in their NBA prime, you know, and they, they just don't seem to play hungry or uh, they just can't make an impact. You know, they just can't, they just can't get it all together. So anyway, um, thing number one, uh, LeBron is playing great. LeBron looks great. Uh, he had kind of an off shooting night in game one, but in general, I like how he's playing within the flow of what coach Ham is doing plays to a lot of his strengths. I think they're basically letting him, you know, play LeBron style basketball, um, which Frank Vogel also did, uh, as did uh, Ty Lue, David Blatt, uh, well, really any coach you want, <laughs> except maybe Spo. Spo tried to rein LeBron in a little bit and then basically just had to release the beast because you don't try to, you know, you don't try to contain LeBron in, a, in an offensive system. Um you let a painter paint and he's painting. Well, he looks great. Um, he's still got hops. He's still got a burst of speed, but you can also tell that he might not be able to play and you really don't want him to have to play 37 minutes a night. Like he did last night. Uh, he was the set. He, he and Lonnie Walker, the fourth played 37 minutes game high for both teams. No, no, I remember distinctly Darvin Ham saying he was going to try and make every effort early on in the early months of the season to reduce LeBron. Like how? How can you do that when you want? I to did, not I'm not it? telling you how. I'm just telling you uh, what was quoted. It, it, 
And it's a rhetorical how, because there is yes. no way. We don't, I, I already know that answer. Yeah. We don't know. We don't, we simply lack talent on this team, modern NBA talent, uh, you know, Something which you and I have discussed many a time on the show. Yeah, and like we could we can go back over like the historical the historical facts about how we got to this point. But like yeah. like a lot of things in life, we're here now. And to go back and hash it again and rehash it again and let's maybe rehash it one more time, you know, it is is maybe personally or gratifying or or you know uh, 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 you know cathartic in some way for me. But at the same time, I'm not so much interested in what terrible mistakes the Lakers have made in the past, but rather how we can think mind them into not making terrible mistakes uh, in the future uh, and specifically this season. So, so thing number one, LeBron looks good playing, you know, pretty good early in the season. He's not, his, his shot hasn't come around. Yeah. I mean, uh, he, even though he struggled with only 20 points on, on, on Thursday, he still was a factor blocking shots. He was very he was, active. That that coast to coast slam was amazing. Yeah. So yeah, that's it, what I'm saying. He's yeah. he's got it. He's got it. It's just not. It, it, it's it will not be there in the last five minutes if he's played 35 minutes, so more than 35 minutes. I would argue that you want to keep him between 28 and 30, uh, and that you've got to figure it out. You've got to figure something out that those are the minutes that Russ needs to dominate. And that's the riddle or AD, but that's, we'll come to AD here in a second. The, 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 the minutes for LeBron and how it affects his play at the end of games is going to be a critical component for this Laker team to get right and get right quickly. It's, it won't matter if you can't win the game at the end, it won't matter how spectacular he looked in the first half. Yeah. And that's, that's just the way it is. That's just how we, how it is for LeBron now, you know, and 30, 35 plus minutes a game, that's going to have higher, you know, highly degree chance of, of an injury uh, due to fatigue. So the, the minutes for LeBron are my biggest concern. Everything about his game looks great. He's still got hops. He's got an explosive first step. Um, and I think that there you know, are times with, he still actually still tries on defense. Definitely. And that's true of any NBA veteran over he 30. Picks his, he picks and chooses his spots on defense. And so does Kawhi Leonard now. And so does yeah. Paul George, you know, yeah. they're not out there hustling for 30 minutes a game on the defensive end. No, you know? So, okay. That's thing. Number one, LeBron looking good. Number two, the coaching staff has not figured out a way to use Russell Westbrook effectively. And that's not their fault. Because we lack the personnel around both LeBron and Westbrook. They both require the same basic type of team around them to succeed. Russ needs, uh, he needs like a Zubats. I got a big dude who sets great wipeout screens for him to get barreling towards the basket with the defense collapsing in as a, as a react moment. And then he needs that guy two feet behind him trailing for a lob, or he needs shooters in the corners or at the top of the key, rotating back around behind him as he cuts in. That is how Russ has had established a very successful career. It's a predictable play, but it gives him four options to, to along with attempting a shot, which is option number five, which is like my last option. 
It's my last option for Russ. I would a lot of things I'd rather Russ be doing right now than taking a lot of shots, which he hasn't taken a lot of shots. Well, again, it's it's a it's a tale of two different tales because the Russell defenders would argue about what they saw on Tuesday for two and a half quarters, where he was somewhat effective. That third quarter, he was taken literally out of the game by Andrew Wiggins. And he was very ineffective for about a quarter and a half in that second half. But for the first half, he was okay. And then we saw what you saw on, on Thursday's game, even though he got five steals, you saw the over 11, which was just pretty much a detriment and probably one of the main reasons why we lost the game. Uh, okay. So hold on. So thing number two is Russ not being used correctly, but how I think things need to change. Okay. So, so first off third quarter of the golden state game, Yes, Steve Kerr slotted Wiggins onto Russ, and then uh-huh. Ham and Darvin Ham reacted. Well, he didn't, did he? No. That's 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 not on Russ. <laughs> that's not on Russ. That means you got to like get somebody on the sideline and be like, their best defenders on that guy. This so is you your get him in some pick you and take rolls. over, right? Yeah. Or get or, or 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 pull Russ to the other side of the court and have action run with Lonnie Walker and LeBron, or Lonnie Walker and AD keep Russ and Wiggins on the other side of the court so that the best, most rangy and most effective at this point in time, Golden State Warrior defender is uh, is on the weak side of the play. That's a coaching And, and that's something that they were talking about uh, as yes. far as initiating the pick and rolls on Thursday's game as far as how that didn't happen. Russell, no. Russell Westbrook had the ball. Yeah, and that's, I mean, uh, that's, what I, that's what I'd be curious to see how quickly this gets. Some of these things, I think, will be solved after a few film sessions. When there's, I mean, because like, what do we have? Four games in training camp, and for the most part, we play guys who aren't on the roster anymore. I mean, so this this is, it's unfortunate that our schedule is so tough, but this schedule will not make or break our season. What will make or break our season is what I'll, I'll talk about in point number five. Uh, but those are so those are my issues with. Now, listen, Russ should not shoot any jump shots. But that's not him all – every Laker is terrible at jump shots right now. If, if everybody saw the Kurt Goldsberry tweet from – I think it was this morning or late last night after the game. I can't remember when it came out. But it showed a stat that, in general, the Lakers starting five uh, is shooting about 27 29%, 20, mid, mid-20s on jump shots, all jump shots, yeah. any jump shot. Uh, LeBron is like seven for 19 no, I'm sorry, 7 for 22. AD is like 2 for 14, 2 for 12. And then Patrick, Beverly, and uh, Russ are both uh, 2 for 11. And I think Lonnie Walker had far too many jump shots for his his role and ability. Uh, and this is the problem with the Lakers, uh, is that they're, the whole starting lineup at this point are guys who need to score in the paint. All of them. Every single guy out there. Patrick Beverly is not a three-point threat. Russell Westbrook is certainly not a three-point threat. Lonnie Walker IV is not a three-point threat. Anthony Davis, not a three-point threat anymore. Nobody cares if he shoots the three. They want him shooting threes. LeBron James, same thing. Now, LeBron can get hot, and then that'll that'll force the defense to adapt. Mm -hmm. If he gets hot. Game plan coming out of the gate for the first quarter until something happens. Let the Lakers shoot threes. Keep a foot in the paint. Dare them to dare them to shoot jump shots. We don't have shooters. LeBron said it after the first game. Said he wasn't going to harp about it after the second game. 
But he wasn't wrong, and he's not wrong, and he won't be wrong, even if we get Mo Harkless, who's also not a shooter. <laughs> Mo Harkless does exactly what a third to half the guys on this team does, which is play hard, you know, has a lot of heart, enough talent to be a, an NBA player, but not somebody that's going to redefine how you de- defend the Lakers. <laughs> so that is the player that the front office needs to be searching for or working to acquire. The other thing I would say about Russ is I two games in, Russ is trying on defense. I'm not saying that at times it he doesn't make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. I'm not here to I'm not gonna expect a perfect game out of Russ. But what I'm looking for is for a level of commitment on that end that I didn't see much of last year and I hadn't I hadn't seen a lot of since his early OKC days. Does it make you nervous though when you see him lined up against Kawhi Leonard? No, because that tells me that LeBron James wants no part of Kawhi Leonard. And that's that a problem. That's a, that's a, that, right. And that Lonnie Walker, the fourth is going to get abused that he's not good or smart enough or savvy enough. And rather. JTA is just too slight to be he's able just, to handle. I well, the, the bench is coming up here. It's not a, it's not a okay. happy point. It's not a happy point. Uh, <laughs> it gets, it gets so. worse, gets worse from here on out, Gerald. These are, these are the, these are the happy points. <laughs> So that, but I do. So this is what I think. I, I really now again, Russ is not a good fit with LeBron James. They both need the exact same type of team, and the fact that they're on the same team as AD means we don't have the resources to assemble the type of team that we need to build around them. Mm-hmm. Not with not with the Laker spending habits. What they what they are here post banner, um, and that's not none of that is on any player or even the coach. That's on Rob's inability to convince Genie to shell out. $10 million in salary and yes, a lot of money and luxury taxes for Alex Caruso. That's on Rob and Jeannie signing off on a clutch client rather than going hard for a shooter this off season, any shooter. You, you think that different set you, you, we couldn't have gotten like different, different, I can't say his name right now. Divincenzo, right? Divincenzo. Divincenzo for a third of what we paid Lonnie Walker, more than the vet minimum, give him two mil. Give another shooter who signed somewhere for the veteran minimum two mil or like, you know, 500 grand more than what he's going to make on, on a team. And if he says no to it, that's fantastic. But I mean, the opening move and then again, a quick one for the Lakers, they make the worst quick opening moves on free agencies, whether it's Mozgov and Dang or Lonnie Walker, the fourth, it's rare that like our first move is one that I'm like, LeBron. That was the last one I can remember, LeBron. Uh, and that was because of LeBron, who wanted to come here, not because Magic was like, now let me pitch you something. I got I got an idea. You on the Lakers. I know you live here. I know your kids go to school here. But hear me out. What if you also played for the team here? Uh, this is all LeBron. So uh, I think you need to. I, I had been of the opinion that Kendrick Nunn was best coming off the bench. I, I'm taking that back. If it's not Reeves, it's got to be Nunn. Reeves or Nunn has to be in the starting lineup. Now, then the question is, who sits? Lonnie Walker or Patrick Beverly? I would choose Patrick Beverly if it's Reeves, and I would choose Lonnie Walker if it's Nunn. Um, and that is what I would do uh, to change things up a little bit. Once Thomas Bryant's healthy, uh, and you know, it's funny. Sometimes 
sometimes in the summer, I really, I really am, am, am amazed at how far Laker Tom's imagination will take him. But I remember he wrote a series of articles and posts about how Damian Jones was going to be our next stretch five. And I think he even talked about it at some length here on the podcast. And I, I, I think he's like nine for 25 or nine for 50. He's got, he, he's, his percentage is pretty good because he shot barely any uh, in his career. Most of them last season towards the end of the season when nothing mattered and no, there was no pressure on him whatsoever. That's the terrible idea. <laughs> It was a terrible idea this summer. It's a terrible idea now. Guy can't even start on a team that he was supposed to be competing for a starting spot for. And that's because the man who doesn't want to play center is playing center. So I I, I think Frank needs to, and maybe he's just waiting for Thomas Bryant or Schroeder to get healthy. I think those injuries to those two guys are, are definitely hurting our depth a little bit. Schroeder less so, because uh, it's going to be hard to find him minutes with Reeves, Nunn, Beverly, uh, and Russ. It's I, I don't know where he's going to play uh, often. Yeah. And, unless we're going to sit Patrick Beverly for a couple of weeks to, you know, keep him fresh for, I don't know what, whatever. Although my preference would be trying to engage the Knicks on a Patrick Beverly trade for a Cam Reddish. And a, for, if we get... I would love to see us try to get Cam Reddish using Beverly's contract. I don't know if that'll happen, but that would be my, that's, that's my, that's my hope is that that could be swung at some point this season. But, you know, think, so thing number two is, has been, I think there's better ways we can use Russ. The fit on the team is bad, but it's not bad because of anything Russ did. It's bad because of the team that Rob and Jeannie have signed off on two years running. Two years running, it's been awful supporting casts. You could put Oscar Robinson and Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with these guys, and they're not gonna. They're, it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna be good. It's not gonna be pretty. There's nobody on this supporting cast who is wanted by a playoff contender. Maybe Beverly. Maybe. That's absurd. This. This is. This is. An abs- this is this roster, in my opinion, is somehow worse than last season. Last season, we had the AARP of skilled, accomplished veterans. This year, we have the uh, the junior prom of a bunch of people who really can't do much on a basketball court if they're not running, if it's not athletic, mm-hmm. and that's a problem. It's a problem up and down the roster, throughout the roster. Um, so, point two, I. Agree that Russ is a bad fit. I think there are ways that we can use him better. And I think that those ways could help reduce the wear and tear on LeBron James. And you might have to suffer through four or five losses to, to make it happen. You might just have to suck it up and say, look, we got to figure this out so that it works when it needs to work, which in theory would be in the playoffs or the play-in. Mm-hmm. I don't need for it to work in October or November, really, even. I want it to work. It would be nice if it worked. It would make these shows a lot more enjoyable. But if we can see progress on the defensive end, which I thought we really saw last night, if that's how we play defense every night, we've got a chance. And you saw that last night. You saw that last night. You saw that last night. And if that is the, if that is the, if we can do that consistently, we'll figure out how to score enough points. It won't be pretty. It won't be, you know, it won't be showtime, but 
it doesn't need to be showtime. It just needs to be effective. Okay. That sounds so good so far. When it comes, though, to Reeves, somebody who I've had issues with this year, I know a lot of the staff have talked about the fact that he just has not come out good out of the gate. It also comes to the point where something I've talked about over the course of summer, and I actually answered this in the comments on the YouTube, is the fact that we weren't sure exactly who Austin Reeves is. Who is Austin Reeves? Is he a guy who just got a ton of time on a very bad team last year and we're just, as a Laker fan base, so hoping for him to be the next Alex Caruso that we looked past his inefficiencies and his flaws in his game to the point where we put so many high expectations on them that it's unfair for someone who just could be at the very best a rotational player in this league, at the very best. Plus also the fact that, you know, when you have him guarding a Kawhi Leonard, a Paul George, and a Steph Curry, the kid's an undrafted second-year player. He is not going to be someone, unless he's on that special individuals that just does so well over what was expected of him, that it's just one of those great stories of, of, you know, recent memory in the NBA. He's not that yet. And to expect him to be able to stay in front or guard efficiently the players that he's playing right now against, that's a tough thing to ask. I just think that we need to evaluate, and I said this in the comments, that you need to evaluate him on the average everyday NBA player. If he cannot handle those players, then you need to reevaluate your future with Austin Reeves. I mean, let's be honest. So let's. This is kind of this is let's call this point three because point three for me was AD, but we'll do AD in a minute. I do have something on AD too, absolutely. Sure, but let's talk about let's talk about Reeves and by extension the bench then, right? Mm -hmm. Because or or the supporting cast, let's call them that the supporting cast. Some of these guys are going to start the season. Some are going to come off the bench. It's going to change. It's not this. What we're seeing this. It's going to be very much in flux. That's what I'm saying. So uh, listen, look. Reeves would have struggled for minutes on a contending team last season. He would have he not have gotten minutes last year on a contending. He would have got no. That's right. He would have he would have gotten garbage time minutes. He would have gotten foul trouble minutes. He might maybe, maybe if he had like a great practice one day and like did everything the coaches said and like just really everything put it together in practice. Coaches might have been like, "Hey, we're going to put you in here for five minutes in the second quarter." Uh, you know, instead of this guy who's got a little bit of a sore ankle or is going to hold him out, not going to say anything to the media, but like we're, you, you get a shot today, Austin. That's the kind of minutes he would have gotten on the Bucks or Boston or Miami or Golden State or Dallas or Denver or uh, we could go on down the line, right? He was on a team that had a lot of injuries. Guys who were basically just too old to, to keep up. We, we couldn't finish games when we were playing the veterans all game long. So then Frank turned to the youthful players he had, Monk and Reeves. Monk had a solid season all around, I would say. A little bit of a dip uh, towards the all-star break, but then picked it back up again post all-star break, I thought. Um, at some point, I can't remember exactly when. Austin played good early, seemed to hit a wall, and didn't play good, I thought, in the entire second half of the season. 
uh, did not have a, did not show the same kind of impact level of impact he was able to create uh, in the first 20 ish games that he played last season, 2025 games. Um, so you have to really look at that as, as a barometer of where he's at. People want to compare him to Caruso, but they forget a lot about how Caruso got to be on that team for the Lakers. He had been in the Laker organization for like three years, two years in the G league scrapping. He was a three year college player. I want to say maybe four. I can't remember. Uh, So he had a solid foundation from college. He had developed in the system that the Lakers were running that Frank ran at the top level. And he was given a very specific role. Play great defense and make and take take and make the open shot. And you know, get up, use those, use those bald hops when you get a chance. Uh and uh he did that. He did that really, really well. Now you could say that Austin Reeves maybe looks like he has a, a better ha- better handle, a slightly smoother looking jump shot. Uh, more hair, but he's not better than Caruso. He's not even close. I would not pick Austin Reeves to start alongside LeBron James and AD uh, in game six of the NBA finals to shut down uh, Tyler Hero and, and, and get a guy who's willing to, you know, go toe to toe with Jimmy Butler and not back down. That's, yeah. that's that's not Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves doesn't have the body. He's too skinny and 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 willowy. He doesn't have the foot speed. He doesn't have I at least that he's shown me yet. He doesn't have the the anticipation. I I, I think he's a smart player. I don't want to say his IQ because that would I don't want to I, I think he does have the mental tools to do it. He just doesn't have the the experience and to think that he's going to, you want, this is the thing. You got to choose slap him in the starting lineup and say, we're doing this. You're getting 25 minutes a game. We're doing this for 10 games. Maybe the whole season, if this works out. Okay. Really? You should just tell him you're a starter. Now we're not changing it. Go kid. Take the pressure off or define a role for him, figure out what he can do and then tell him to really go out and do it. Cause he gets, he kind of like lets himself get lost too often. He'll like move the ball, but he won't apply pressure. Or when he chooses to apply pressure, it's like, oh, I got to make a play, and it's like it's a it's an overthink. And he, I, I thought his best basketball was early last season when the season wasn't in jeopardy yet. But you could see that we needed young legs to finish out games, and Reeves had some nice plays down the stretch there. You know, hit that game winner. You know, played some decent defense. Not really. Uh, you know, we were a terrible defensive team last season. Uh, but he didn't really get to play with AD a lot. So, but that's not just Austin Reeves on this team. It's like four guys. What is JTA's role? Like, what? He's just like he's just like Lonnie Walker the fourth, except smaller and less athletic. He can't shoot. He doesn't have a, a great playmaking repertoire skill set, and mm-hmm. he's he's undersized in, in in every aspect. So, 
great. He was part of a championship team that he barely played on in Golden State. Awesome. <laughs> I love the guy's story. You know, I, I don't want to bash on him. I love his story. I'm sure he's worked incredibly hard to get to this point, and that's fantastic. But he is another guy who, what would his role be on the Milwaukee Bucks? Yeah. He'd be the 14th, 15th guy on the Bucks, And that's Wendian Gabriel. If if he, I mean, he wouldn't be on the Bucks even. That's that's like half of our bench, right? Jones, Gabriel, JTA, Reeves, uh, Ryan. Uh, there's another one. I'm, I mean, uh, there's another guy I'm forgetting who's. Uh... Anyway, it's a huge chunk of our team. <laughs> Maybe not quite half. We haven't seen. We haven't. We haven't even seen Troy Brown yet. Uh, these are guys who would be 14th, 15th men on uh, any banner chasing team, any banner chasing team. And then you would be sitting there thinking like, well, okay, 14th, 15th guy, who's the sixth guy on our team. How did we get to this point? <laughs> who should we look to for this particular set of choices? So that's going to bring me to point five eventually. But point three is that well, well, this bench is well, this ahead. bench is not the bench and the supporting cast. You could take half of them and construct a good team, but when they're all on the team and it's LeBron, AD, Pat Bev, Russ, and this cast of characters, you can't have high expectations. And we saw that last night. We saw that last night where the Lakers. Aside from the shooting woes of their three guards, their three best guards, played an almost perfect game. Very few turnovers, made most of our free throws, played great defense. Lost the rebounding battle because nobody wanted to block out Zubats. But the things that were that, that sabotaged us last season, turnovers, free throws, bad defense, were not the reason we lost last night. It was because we lack talent. So if the Lakers have to play a perfect game on all of those things every night to be competitive, to just be competitive, to not give you a great chance to win, to just be like, all right, we, we might win. We, we almost won. We got, a, we got a chance to win. And that's what the greatest player <laughs> on the team, along with one of the best defenders in the league, and this guy who's like averaged a triple double like for five seasons or whatever. Yeah, it's a the the, the 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 assemblage of talent on that on this roster is absolutely mind boggling to me. It's absolutely mind boggling to me. And so, as a result, the Lakers are going to have to find a way to play perfect basketball every single night. That's not Russ's fault. I don't think there's a trade out there that's going to change that. Because, at best, you're swapping one player for, let's say, three, most likely two. That means Russ is gone. You wave. Who do you wave? Gabriel? Ryan? Somebody? Jones? Schroeder, it doesn't matter. One of those guys, one of those guys gets waived. You still have Walker, JTA, 
Ryan or Gabriel or Reeves, guys who wouldn't be asked to contribute in a major way to a championship, a team with championship hopes. And this is the big problem. We've replaced guys who helped win a banner or guys who knew how to win a banner with guys who have done nothing and who will do nothing. There's no Danny Green on this team anymore. There's no KCP. There's no Kyle Kuzma. There's no Caruso. We have assembled a team of NBA castoffs and second thoughts. And we've done it two years in a row. <laughs> the only difference being the overall age of the team. That's it. That's the, that's, that's the basic difference. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com. And you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Ugh. So you had watched The Tomorrow War before The Matrix. Yes. If you forced me down, I was tied into a chair and I had to watch one thing, I would say The Matrix Resurrections. Really? Funny. Yeah, because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like. (laughs) Well played, sir. Well played. Yes, that's the only reason for the flashbacks, to remind you what a good Matrix movie was. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, it's Jamie Sweet. You got to go ahead and check out his five things articles today at Lakerholics.com. One of your five things has to be the progress so far of Anthony Davis coming back from an injury plague season last season. Obviously he's still very much uh, of a concern with with his long-term health. So everybody's on pins and needles and takes a deep, you know, you know, takes a, a gasp every time he hits the floor, like he did in last night's game. I know that there's something where we're on last night's show where Sean Grice was talking about how his, his shot has gone away. And we talked, you actually mentioned earlier today in regards to the actual stats from his outside shooting. But when you look at the stats, he's still shooting above 50%. Yep. He's get you know, I know he got bullied by Ivica Zubats, but he's still getting close to seven, eight rebounds a game. Yep. He's still averaging 25 and seven, which again, isn't sparkling. No. I'm sorry, 26 and 26 seven and isn't seven. sparkling, but still, 
50% from the field, 75% from the free throw line. No, it is. can he improve on that? Yes. At his height in 2019 and 2020, he was playing better. Yeah. At certain times in the last playoff run the Lakers had, he was playing better. But right now, he's not playing so much worse than what he was. It's not a, a, a full step down. It may be like a quarter step down, a half step down, but it's not all the way. But it's still, to me, it's not something where he is a major part of the concern right now for the Lakers because I think he's doing enough to go ahead and say, you know what? I think that he's playing well, but he's not. Can he just can't play at the superstar level you were hoping he would play when you got him, and like he played in the bubble? No, I, I listen. He he hasn't consistently played like the way he played in the bubble for an entire NBA season. Mm-hmm. The bubble was an anomaly. There was no travel. There <laughs> there had been a there had been a three month layoff for what was essentially a 26-game season Hmm. after three months off, right? I mean, you know, the 10-game tune-up, and then however many games it took for us to win the NBA Finals, I think it was was like a 30-game season, 30-32, something like that. And with with no travel, that to me is the most – It's that's what's never going to happen again. You might see more time between the regular season and the and the playoffs at some point, you know, a couple of days here or there, certainly not the months that we saw due to COVID, but you will never, ever, ever get a no travel NBA playoffs and NBA finals ever again. It will never happen again. And if that's the case, you have to look at that, not as an asterisk because it wasn't a deserving champion or anything, but because... Anthony Davis hasn't proved to anyone that he can play an 82 game season, go into the playoffs and dominate. He's never been able to do it ever. He will never be able to do it because he's not, he just lacks the stamina and the, and the endurance to get to grind through an 82 game season and, and have it in the tank. It's why he doesn't want to play a five. He doesn't want to play the five. He wants to save what, endurance and he's I I don't think he's I think he's very much aware of this I think he's aware of his own body's limitations right who knows we 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 don't we don't we'll never know what it is right like some guys and you can even see it in like a lot of NBA finals when like you know somebody like Kobe who's dragged his team through the mud of the regular season and then dragged his team through four rounds of playoffs runs out of gas in game seven of the NBA finals still finds a way to play defense, rebound, make plays, get guys involved, still finds Ryan off test for a game winning, you know, game changing shot, still able to, you know, elevate Powell's game just by running pick and roll with Powell Gasol. Anthony Davis has never shown us that he can do that grind. Not as the leader of a team, not as the second best player on a team, not to date. The bubble is the anomaly in his career. And we're, I, I, you know, I'll always be very thankful for it, but, if you ask me, do I think that Anthony Davis without LeBron James or without a dynamic point guard uh, can take a team deep into the playoffs? My answer is no. And he's that's what he's actually proven <laughs> to this point. <laughs> without LeBron and without a, a rest and, and, a, and a no travel playoffs, he, he hasn't been able to, to do that. Um, so that's – and then the other thing is that, I mean – 
the entire fandom of Laker Nation held its breath after he jumped up on that bit on that fake by Kawhi Leonard, landed on his shoulder, rolled off and came rolled off and came down hard on his back. The entire fandom of Laker Nation went, "That's it. He's out." Right? Back was hurting before. He just landed on the back. You yeah. thought he was out. Gutted it out. I did. I, me too. Gutted it out. Kept playing. Thought that was great. You could tell that he was not moving, though. He he wasn't moving great. And he even to the point where I think it was like 22, 27 seconds left in the game. We were down four. He got the ball on the three-point line with nobody around him. And he didn't shoot it. <laughs> he, like, took a few weird dribble, dribbles and, like, turned his back to the basket. Like, weaved around for, like, eight, ten seconds. And then gave it to Lonnie Walker for a difficult floater, which Walker made. But that's not the game-winning play. You don't waste 10 seconds of the shot clock for a two. You take the open three 10 seconds ago. And he and yeah. he didn't want to do it. He didn't do it. He pulled a Simmons. So, I, I, I no. I, I think that he's a, a beta at best. He's like Pau Gasol. He's going to have a fantastic career. He's probably going to go into the Hall of Fame at some point. Maybe not. I don't know. Most likely. I can't, I can't imagine. Oh, I think he will. I think yeah. he'll get that deal where he won a title and he was named. Right. Well, I think he was named to the All-75. Yeah, he's so, going yeah. to the Hall of Fame, right? So he's got to have a great yeah. career. But Hall of Fame is full of guys who aren't the best player on their team. <laughs> yeah. So that won't be either surprising or an uncommon tale. Um, yeah. My hope is that he can play at the level he's played. I don't need him to shoot threes. I would like for him to shoot threes. I would like for him to be better at a step-back jumper. I think that whatever happened after the bubble, that that the knee and leg injuries that happened that season right after the bubble, I don't think that's that jump shot's coming back. I really don't. I just – I don't know if it's a mental thing. I don't know if it's a pressure thing. I don't know if it's a physical thing, a little bit of all of the above. It, he's not shooting it with confidence from the outside. He's not shooting it as a first instinct. Uh, it's a, it's it's like a, oh I guess I'll take the shot huh kind of a thing yeah. and it's every time it's every time and it's been that way for a while now so I I don't see I don't see that changing so to that he needs to dominate in the paint like he has been he needs to keep you know 15 feet and in 15 feet and in and if like that outside game comes back great fantastic we'll take it especially if it's closer to the playoffs or in the playoffs. Yeah. You got to get rebounds. You, you got to be in a, you, you've got to be, you got to, we need to dominate in the paint. We need to dominate offensive rebounds because there's going to be a lot of long misses and he's not going to be, <laughs> he's not a stretch five or a stretch four anymore. He doesn't shoot the ball with enough, confidence or with enough consistency to warrant that label can he make those shots yes sure i don't want him taking those shots anymore I, those aren't the shots i want him taking I, I want him 15 feet and in and that's like a basically a hard rule for me at this point he was two for four from three in the game that we lost right it doesn't change the complexity it doesn't change how people guard us doesn't yeah. it doesn't alter the defense it doesn't he was it, it's terrible when you say all that and he was our best three-point shooter he's like our best he was our best three-point shooter the other night so by percentage but 
it didn't change the pack the paint strategy. It didn't pull anybody out of the paint onto him for that last second shot. He dribbled into the defense. <laughs> he was like, come on, somebody come out and guard me. I don't want to shoot this shot. So, you know, I, and then after the game, it was like, well, we got to take those open shots. And I was like, yeah, you do. <laughs> you, you really ought to. Great. We'd all, we'd all love to see that, buddy. So I, I don't think he's going to be uh, the best player on the Lakers after we lose LeBron. I mean, he will be by default, but it would be better if we found somebody also better. So that's my hope. That's my hope. I don't see how that's going to happen, but that, that would be my hope. Once again, it's Jamie Sweet. Please go ahead and check out his five things articles today at Lakerholics.com. Right, my friend, I know that before we talk about the Indiana trade one more time, because you know that's a fascination of Laker Tom, who is just like beating it, beating it, beating it, beating it to the ground, and will continue to do so. And Joe has given him fodder for that because of the fact that Miles Turner gets hurt on a ball boy and sprains his (laughs) ankle. But that continues with your five things. So go ahead and let, let me know as far as continue on that. But I know that's something that, that you want to go ahead and oh, yes. elaborate on before we head on. Oh, that. yes. So f- point number five is, okay, so we have these mediocre players, three superstars. We can argue about how superstar-y they are together, whatever. Russell Westbrook's a superstar. Ron James, superstar. Anthony Davis, superstar. The superstars. Got a new coach who seems to have, for at least a game, got the team to play defense we rarely saw from the team last season. That's a, that's a positive. Uh, the offense, at times, looks interesting. Looks like it could be a little bit more effective than the Frank Vogel offense, which wasn't there wasn't one. So all of that, I think, are, are positives. Mm-hmm. My greatest fear is that still somehow <laughs> the Lakers front office is going to screw this up by making a trade that changes basically nothing but the future. Again, Rob can't make a trade seemingly. The Patrick Beverly trade is the exception, right? Rob cannot make a trade. Yeah. Magic trade Zubots. Magic traded Zubots from Magic traded Zubots. Although Rob was Rob there. was there, but Magic but trades. we can't blame Rob. We gotta blame Magic for that one. What were you thinking? What yeah. were you thinking, Magic? Well, that's I know Joe was thinking all that thing last no, night was, as he dominated. The oh, paint. Yeah, he just dominated the paint, and he's the exact kind of center you would want to pair with either Westbrook or, or LeBron. He, they don't need a center to shoot threes; they need a center to clean up their garbage. That's what they need the center to do. Uh, they need a garbage man. They don't need a. They don't need another Ferrari. They're the Ferrari. I'm worried Rob's going to screw this up. I'm worried that we're going to make that indie trade for both draft picks. That will basically doom the franchise to mediocrity till 2030 because you can't what spending tools do we have left we have expiring contracts right that's it guys who are guys who are here uh are either gonna stay here because we have bird rights on them and we can go over the cap to keep them or we're gonna trade them bring in guys we can't do that for not for a couple of years anyway, and we'll rely on the good grace of a team if it's an exp- if it's a free agent uh, to to provide us maybe with a, a multi year deal, and that will come in the form of at least one draft pick, of which we only have two. And that's Tom likes to try to fudge the logic here on this. He goes, "Oh, we're going to have one in twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five and twenty no 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 no. 
You can't trade. You no, can't trade I'll, those in season. You have to trade those on draft day. You can have a handshake, wink, I, wink, above like you know, a couple of days before draft day, but you're not going to have a handshake, wink, wink, before the All Star break about the 2024 draft pick or the 2025 or whatever ones he thinks we're going to get because we're not. It's ludicrous. It, this, this this notion is ludicrous. So, my biggest fear. We talked about this at length over the before the season, right? We we all kind of agreed, outside of the Irving deal, maybe there was never a trade that changed this. Buddy Heald and Miles Turner don't change this. Gordon Hayward and pick two other Hornets don't change this. They don't change the other five guys on the roster the choices that were made two seasons back when we decided to not spend money to keep a, a championship caliber team together. Instead, when we cheaped out, we cheaped out to put together the AARP of NBA rosters. And then we're all like, well, that Frank Vogel guy doesn't know how to coach. This is what I'm afraid of, that in an effort to save his, whatever you want to call it, Rob will make a deal that won't change anything. If we can get, I, I don't even know if getting Lillard would change this, to be honest. I like there's a part of me that wants to believe that Damian Lillard is so good and, and compliments in theory, like LeBron and AD's game, that he could be, you know, the missing piece. But what, mm-hmm. but what we really need are like three solid players like above average players. And there's no team that's going to trade you those three players because it's likely they're part of their championship hopeful roster or, or they're a team rebuilding. And they're like, no, these guys are part of the rebuild. Uh, my coworker who uh, is a big follower of the NBA, shout out to Jay Huang. Um, was we, 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 we go back and forth on trades a lot. Uh, trades that make sense, by the way, not like, you know, that Buddy Heald and Miles Turner are going to alter our future incredibly somehow. By the way, the ESPN trade machine ranks that trade as giving us four wins, which would still only put us at 37 and, uh, and uh, 52, 40, uh, sorry, 37, 37 and 45. Yes. Uh, four wins. Isn't that, that doesn't change this. That doesn't change the rest of the roster. And then you don't, then you're, what are you going to do? Trade Patrick Beverly for whom exactly? Anybody really better than Beverly? Probably not. Side note, THT looks chunky this season. Not muscular, chunky. I don't know. I saw a picture of him and I was like, man, you, you did something different this offseason. <laughs> it did not look, did not look great. Uh, and he hasn't played a lot in Utah, which is kind of a bummer for him, but that's maybe they really want to lose, huh? Maybe they do, but unfortunately they, they're winning they win. more than the Lakers are. <laughs> I know. So that's, that's my one hope. So that, so these, this is so my hope for the season now rests on the following to, to absolutely ludicrous and not really probably going to happen situations. One, somebody's point guard goes down and a team with a player that we want or Something, you know, even if it's just a, a, a TPE, even if it doesn't help us this season as much as we want it to, even if it's just like a player that we want and some cash to use how we want, 
for a year, which is important. You don't have to use it even by the end of the summer. You have from when you get it, you have the full next year and season into the off season to use it. If we could get somebody to be like, oh, Russ would actually help us now. Our point guard went down and we need somebody to yada, yada, yada. That seems like beyond pie in the sky to me. The thing that I think is more likely is that a team like Portland or Sacramento decides, oh, well, this isn't working. We don't really want to pay De'Aaron Fox or Damian Lillard. We're going to shoot for the rebuild now for reals. And we can get like De'Aaron Fox and Huerter. Or we can get Lillard and, you know, you you start trying to, or maybe even Jeremy Grant, who, okay, we'll pay Dame Lillard because he's, you know, iconic here in the Portland area. We don't want to trade Dame. But, like, nah, we're going to hit reset next summer and and try try this one more time, you know. Also, I feel like highly unlikely because you can get better. Somebody will offer better than Russ and the two first-round picks. But I would do Russ and the two-found picks for De'Aaron Fox and Huerter. I hesitate now on Lillard because of age and because you're just adding the same problem again. You're not going to have any tools with which to surround these three players with actual talent. You will once again build a roster of NBA cast-offs and journeymen who don't land anywhere and shouldn't, because that's what's available to you. Not, you know, great players. The NBA, my, the, the middle, the middle inner middle earners of the NBA are almost non-existent, right? Hmm. The middle earners in the NBA economy are borderline non-existent. You've got guys taking the max as soon as they can get it and locking that money in, or you've got vet minimum dudes and you've got your MLEs, right? Your MLEs, yeah. one per team every season, can sign them for two, three years, I think. Uh, max, depending on the MLE you're using, uh, you're not with with Dame. You're not going to be able to build a team again. You're going to have the exact same problem: three superstars and a bunch of nobodies, because you don't have draft picks <laughs> to draft young talent. That's cost controlled. <laughs> so, and this is the problem, right? We we are locked right now into this pattern that we established two so- last off season, not this one we just went through last year's off season, last season's off season where we uh-huh. chose not to pay, we chose to let Schroeder walk, who we gave up a first round draft pick for, for nothing. Then we thought, you know, this guy's not so terrible. Maybe we should bring him back. We chose to let Caruso, who had value. Teams wanted Alex Caruso. He signed for a decent figure with cap space in Chicago. You're telling me you can't actually swing something else? that you either pissed off Caruso's agent and Caruso so badly that they're like, no, we're not doing that deal with you. Or that like, we're just too cheap, which is I think the true reality. This is the frustration. I think the frustration stems from this. Yes. The on-court product is not great, but it's not, it's not awful. Yeah. But it's the fact that you, that the Lakers have allowed the belief 
that they will only compete to a point is the true the true source of Laker fan frustration right now. And there's plenty of frustration right there for you, but uh, I mean, anything else, my friend, you brought, you brought up some great points on the five things. And again, if you want to check out what he's doing today, please go ahead and check out his five things articles at Lakerholics.com. But yeah, excellent points, my friend. Excellent points. Anything you want to add on to that before we head on? I mean, the trade that, you know, according to Laker Tom will just wipe away ever all the evils and all the ills and supposedly will make the Lakers a championship contender, which many are also thinking the same thing in Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. I don't have that same faith, and I don't think, as I've always stated, and I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to stay on the mountaintop no. of it no. doesn't move the needle far enough, but you're no. hearing more and more that something needs to be done. I agree with Tom. Something needs to be done. I'm just not sure I would throw two first-round draft picks for guys that might make your only your rotation a little bit better. No, I, I don't think you can. I don't think I don't think you can. I think you you it has to be it has to be better than that. Buddy Hield is a is like a pretty good role player. Mm-hmm. You know, he's an av- above average role player. Miles Turner, above average role player. So now like what? You supplant two guys who haven't even played. <laughs> Barely at all. So now, okay, Miles Turner goes to the starting. He's played center. Yeah. Let's just say Buddy Heald starts at the two. Or the three or whatever, right? Is Buddy Heald going to be on the floor for the last five minutes of the basketball game? Probably not. He hasn't been on the last – he's not on the floor a lot in the last five minutes of games for the last few years of his career. Never taken a team to the playoffs. Has not been able to make an all-NBA team or get even much all-star noise about him. Miles Turner the same. Every once in a while he has a season where you're like, oh, you know, if he could stay healthy, he could be like, a, you know, all-NBA defense. I'm sure he's probably made an all-NBA defensive team once or twice. Uh, in his career, if he's had enough games to like really turn heads, but this, these are two guys who don't even average thirty minutes for their careers. Yeah, you're not getting a game-changing player. You're you're wasting <laughs> a forty-seven million dollar get out of jail card for a team that is looking at a big tax bill but not going to be competitive. And you need to play that card the way a gambler who needs to win to pay his hotel bail (laughs) plays his last card, which is smartly. But that's my fear is point number five is that I I don't, I don't have faith in this front office that they're going to play this smartly. I think they're going to start to panic after 20 games when we're, Maybe as bad as five and 15, seven and 13, somewhere in there. You know, what Western Conference just running it up on us. And they'll pay, they'll, they, I think they'll make a panic trade and they'll blow two first round draft picks and they'll blow a $47 million chunk of change that they could use next summer to go hard after Jeremy Grant, sign. Cam Reddish to a qualifying offer sheet that New York doesn't want to pay for 
uh, like how they just did with Brunson. Uh, or absorb somebody's disgruntled player making 20 to 30 million into our cap space and give somebody a, you know, a tool to work with next year. I, I don't think we're going to be that smart. I think we'll make a panic trade and it won't change anything and we'll still be bad and we'll be two draft picks poorer for it. And we'll let Miles walk for nothing. That's my prediction if that trade goes down, that it doesn't work. And then they're like, oh, guess what? Miles Turner wasn't the perfect player to play with him. Oh, who who was a perfect guy, like 6'10", who could like defend and shoot and score? Yeah, he had a funny last name, didn't he? That Kuzma guy. Who's doing really well right now in Washington. <laughs> right. Free agent next points a game, 13 rebounds a game. Free agent next summer, throw $30 million deal at him and see what you get. 35 of it has to be, but try to keep $5 million to get one more guy. The irony of that, as far as how well oh. he's playing right now for Washington. It's not a, it's, it. As soon as that trade went down, I was like, Kuz is going to start killing it. Might not be, he might try too hard for like the first couple months, but he'll, he'll figure it out. He'll, he'll, he'll calm down. And I think he likes the East Coast. I think he likes, you know, I think he, I don't think he, I don't think he has any, I think he would come back to the Lakers for the right money and the right role, but he would come back kind of on his terms, I think, to a degree, as much as a player could be on, you know, have his terms on the team. But um, yeah, I mean, I just, I keep telling people to buckle up. It could be for a very long, we could go for a very long season here. I agree. A very long season indeed. But if you have thoughts on what Jamie Sweet said, go ahead. You can share them on Lagerholics.com in those five things articles right there. The comments are easily accessible. Or right here at YouTube, we can always go ahead and let him know that some comments are made in regards to his thoughts on this show. We Just like we did for Sean Grice, I told the magic man somebody wanted to go ahead and share some thoughts in, in agreement with him. So he popped on the comments and did the same right there. So we go ahead and talk to you. The fans out there, the listeners, the followers, right there for you on YouTube. Also on Facebook. Remember our Facebook page, Lakers Fast Break. Don't forget, I'm on Twitter, at Lakers Fast Break. And, of course, if you want to send me something more detailed and a little bit more discreet, you can always do the old-fashioned email thing at LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. And, yes, we have gotten some emails before in the past. Some of them are quite doozies. And some, you know, a couple have been about you, my friend. So, yes. And me as well. Don't worry. I've got my share. I've got my share of mail as well. Me. Yep. Yep. You, me, Joe, Tom. Yes. Yeah. That's how you know that. That's how you know they're feeling the love. Yes, absolutely. We've gotten our share of love and we've gotten a share of not so much love at times, but more overwhelmingly of love and appreciation for what we're doing here. So we cannot thank you enough for doing so. We will be back on Sunday after the game in the afternoon. Uh, Joe says, let's do the afternoon. So let's do the afternoon. It's going to be around 3 o'clock Sunday afternoon, Pacific time, right after the game against Portland. We'll see what happens. They just finished an overtime game, which they just squeaked out over Phoenix. So they'll be headed there. It was actually Damian Lillard's first Really big game in quite some time with 41 Good. points. Great. Just a sensational game. Yusuf Nurkic, which everybody says explodes on the Lakers, had already a great game. Maybe they got their great games out of them, and they're going to be tired walking in on a Sunday afternoon game. 
We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm trying to think positive here. I'm trying to to go Laker Tom on you. Well, let's not go. That's just, that's beyond positive until like, really? You really think that could happen? Well, I'm I'm just trying. I'm trying, my friend. I'm trying. I will say this. That's exactly why they play the games. You know, that is exactly why they play the games. But will we sign Mo Harkless? You know, Mo Harkless is a player that, yeah, he might be able to fill out the rotation and play a little bit of defense, maybe hit really? a three every now and then. But he, look at his stats. He's not going to get Yeah, he's a 30% three-point shooter. He's not. He's, not he's hit nothing. 40% on, on, on occasion, but the fact is he just doesn't take that many shots. That's no. the problem. So yeah, Listen, uh, if it means that we waive JTA, Gabriel, and- it would be Matt Ryan. It would be Matt yeah, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree it would probably be Matt Ryan over Gabriel just because of the size. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason. I I, I thought I again guys that wouldn't be on a roster. I would I would rather say Gabriel <laughs> for me as far as the one I'd wave. It wouldn't break me up either which way. Matt Ryan is not going to be entering the three point contest this year, and uh Wendy and Gabriel won't be six man of the year, so doesn't matter indeed, but what are your thoughts out there on what the Lakers can do to make some changes? Please let us know in the comments below. If you haven't subscribed already, please subscribe to us right here on YouTube. Also as well, go ahead and check us out today on Facebook. Of course, also check us out Twitter, Twitch. We're on Twitch as well, so go ahead and check us out there if you want. If you're a Twitch fan, go ahead and Twitch right over there at the Lakers Fast Break, but... Jamie, my friend, Yami Swoot, as John McCallion loves to call you. Any last thoughts before we head on out? Uh, no. I mean, let's try to stay – let's keep our expectations reasonable. Absolutely. It's just so funny that we always plan these things because Sean Grice, always the magic man, says, let's go ahead and do something. Let's go ahead and do something. I'm like, he was already planning a time, and I'm like, I didn't even know we were going to be doing anything today. And all of a sudden, I'm I'm being roped in on this. And then, of course, you know, because he's on Canada time. Yes, I know it's Canada. But because he's already on Canadian time, he fell asleep. So, Jamie Sweet and I are here to go ahead and take it to you for a great Lakers weekend. Lakers weekend, indeed. Yes, roping you in on a Lakers weekend. Just sharing some thoughts out there. Hoping this will hopefully give you a better idea of what's going on after the first couple games of the season. Some good perspectives out there from Jamie Sweet. So truly appreciate you doing that, my friend. This Thank you know you. at Lakerholics.com, you know, that's the place to go between just for the banter. Just for the banter between you and Tom. I just absolutely love it. Cannot get enough of it. <laughs> you know what you should do is you should take some screenshots and like when he's like, yada, yada, I'm just like, well, this is what you said to Jamie. <laughs> Yeah, and then I'm like, I know I said that two minutes ago, but now I think this. Like, yes. Well, okay. okay. Well, Laker Tom as a future as a politician. How about that? Oh, dude, no. I mean, yes, but no. Yes, yes, but no. Yes, but no, indeed. But I mean, go ahead. I feel that way, but that's not just Laker Tom. I feel that way about a great many people, including okay. most politicians. Oh, they're 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 it's serious yep. work. It, it really is serious work. I don't need a politician. I need somebody who wants to do serious work. And I don't need all the, uh, well, I think this about this. I don't care what you think. Just go get something done, man. Just fix stuff. Easier fix said than done, my friend. Easier Off said than done. I don't, yeah. ca- I don't care about your opinion. But your opinion. remember Sunday after the game, we're going to have Joe Soro back, maybe Laker Tom, maybe Sean Grice. Jamie Sweet, feeling it on Sunday? 
We'll see what life throws my way, but I feel like I've got a... I've got a... You actually want to have a weekend, my friend? Come on, I, man. Well, it's, I mean, you know, I just might be at the beach with my four-year-old watching her uh, attack waves and stuff, so... All right, well, that's pretty darn good. I, I can't we'll, see we'll, it. We'll see. I'm, I'm giving myself a 65% chance of being here. How about that? Okay. That's better right. shooting than what the Lakers can ever do, but... I would hope they shoot 65% from somewhere this season. Well, they actually shot well from the free throw line. You know, there's I something know. out of that, yeah. Basically a perfect game, except for the three-point shooting and the, the three guards. I mean, that's, that's something improved upon what we've tried to experience in the past. One for 25. One for 25. Yeah, well, okay. But at least the free throws are good. The free throws yeah, are great. Good. Wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Is, uh, yeah. Long, Never long the season, train everybody. shall meet. Long so. season, everybody. It's a long season indeed. But if you have thoughts on the Lakers, please go ahead and share them today right here at the Lakers Fast Break. If you haven't subscribed already, please go ahead and do so so you get the latest notifications when we have these surprise episodes, which are even a surprise to me right here at the Lakers Fast Break. So go ahead and check it out today. Subscribe right below Jamie's Sweet if you can on YouTube. Plus also go ahead and follow us wherever you can, your podcasts, wherever you get them. Appreciate it. Everyone out there listening, we've got a steady audience each and every time out, and we cannot thank you enough for going ahead and check us out wherever you get your podcasts, in the car, at work, at home, wherever you're checking us out. We truly appreciate it. Plus, also as well, Facebook got a nice crew there. Big shout-out to Joshua. Big shout-out to Nick, who's in our email chain. Thank you so much for going ahead and being a silent follower of what's going on here at the Lakers Fast Break. And, of course, Joshua, our big super fan on Facebook. So go ahead and Give him a shout out whenever you get to Facebook at the Lakers Fast Break. So thank you so much for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. But we'll be back on Sunday for the Portland game. It's at a 1230 p.m. Pacific time start time. Will the Lakers get it done and get on the board with a win? Call it a win. All right. There you go. Or will it be more misery? We'll find out. We'll definitely let you know. You'll hear it from us either which way on Sunday afternoon right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.